Jimmy got fired recently. What happened? Yeah, uh, real tough because I had I had some good innings. Um, I was on the board for the Artificial Intelligence Institute of New Zealand, but then um, some comments I made on social media actually got taken out of context. You know, it's an election year, and it's really hard as a someone who who's in a governance role in the in the public sector made some comments on my um, professional professional LinkedIn, and yeah. you know the woke mob came for me. <laughs> <laughs> What what do you say, Jimmy? Well, it's not that it's not that controversial, right? I mean, like, yeah, you say that you hate a certain group. All I'm saying is, and I'm look, I'm saying this as a private citizen, not as a not as a, a director. And I'm uh, well, now that I'm not a director, all I'm saying is that robots don't deserve any rights. That's oh, like, shit. and that's my opinion. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I actually agree with you there. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Just... friend of the podcast Hayao Miyazaki agrees with me yeah. as well yes. yeah. He, yeah he thinks our affront to nature and that's fine that's yeah. cool yeah yeah I'm not saying they will never have souls I'm just saying that in their current incarnation I think artificial intelligence is satanic oh <laughs> I was going to say that I understand the um, the hatred of robots coming from technocratic Singapore where you have that robot dog oh that um, little that little bastard <laughs> yeah what's he called uh it's um is it um Lee Kuan Yew Kia ora, welcome to Dinner in a Movie. This is the podcast where we talk to people about what they do through the lens of a dish and a movie. My name is Nabila and I'm with my co-host Jimmy Lanyard. And today we have, oh, I'm so excited because we have my very good friend as a guest, Etienne. Woo! Uh, clap track. Etienne is a... Uh, PhD, fellow PhD scholar, uh, researcher. Um, wait, when do you call people scholars? Doesn't matter. You can cut start them. Early, start <laughs> early. Start. Scholars good because it implies learning and teaching. That's Ooh. true. Yeah. Um, so Etienne is a fellow PhD scholar, um, a poet, a performer, a, a writer, a gymnast. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a gymnast. <laughs> yeah, a tutor, uh, an educator. Yeah, uh, so many things. Mm-hmm. Etienne, you wear so many hats. Do you want to add to other hats? Yeah, you can you take you can had? take them off. We're inside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> oh, no, that's um yeah so how's how's your week been how's your day how's your month how's your summer been oh in reverse order summer <laughs> really good mm-hmm. um went to malaysia to see oh, my grandparents yeah. in malacca and that was just i'm calling it now highlight of the year yes nothing yeah. can top that nice um what goes after week uh no what goes <laughs> after month week oh no month yeah Shit, I'm I losing no track of time, time yeah, here, I don't right? know the process. Western time constructs. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. I was also in Malaysia for that, so <laughs> that, that kind of tops it out. Uh, week, though, um, last week was 
the week of jet lag, and this week was the week of uni starting. Ah, boo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was how was O week? You burn any couches? Ooh. You go to any toga parties? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I took um, a little bit of joy in watching the first year students walk up the terrace in their togas, but in the pouring rain. <laughs> so, I, I confess, I did go to the toga party in my first year. Oh, um, fun! That was that was many years ago. I could never keep it up. I don't know how the Romans did it or the whoever. They didn't have safety pins. How do they keep them up? So, like, when I was growing up and I didn't have... This is very nothing to do with Romans or Greeks. <laughs> but when I was growing up... And, In ancient Rome. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I used to make, like, little things for craft stuff for my with for primary school, right, as, as a child. And my great-grandmother used to help me. And my great-grandmother made this. I'm showing a photo frame from when I was a child. This is lovely. Yeah. But sometimes when we would run out of glue... Couldn't be fucked. She would just use cooked rice and sort no. of use that as a smudge thing that sticks. Yeah, that's so that's genius. a trick. Okay. That makes it because it's like flour, flour and water. Yeah, similar it's kind of starchy yeah. Yeah. carb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, eat your heart at back. I'm never buying a glue stick again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why you waste money? <laughs> so yeah, I'm gl- I'm sure the audience enjoyed um, the visuals of your uh, picture frame. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's the only graduation that I've ever been to in my life, um, and it's my kindergarten graduation, um, where I'm a little kindergarten uh, wearing a graduation robe thing it was very cute anyway um, <laughs> it was very cute <laughs> um, surely you recreate that at your phd graduation which will be w- wouldn't it be amazing it's like this is the photo that i have we should somehow link this in the in the podcast the photo of this but like this is the one graduation i've been to and then the next one will be a phd kind of cool it's eh? amazing yeah. yeah and like speaking of being a scholar <laughs> speaking of Nabila, yeah <laughs> i'm gonna actually i'm gonna link the, the picture of nabila getting runner up in singapore baby year of the year 1990 <laughs> speaking of scholar mm-hmm. etn tell us about what you do well i really like teaching mm. um and i didn't want to become a primary school teacher or a high school teacher because they seem like they work really long hours and don't get the yeah. credit they deserve. Yeah. Um, but also, teenagers. I was an awkward <laughs> teenager. Don't know if I could repeat going back to that environment. Um, but uni seemed to go okay. Um, <laughs> I really liked tutorials in uni. Um, and as soon as I got the chance, I became one. Um, nice. And it was actually really hard at first. Yeah. Um, I kept thinking I needed to like wear really nice clothing and pretend to be... like Because... I'm teaching in the law school, and so I yeah. thought I needed to be like some sort of professional lawyer to be sort of person to look up to. Yeah, that lasted about a semester, and then I realised I hated it, and I didn't like ironing shirts, <laughs> and I would rather wear a t-shirt and just vibe instead. Yeah, and that seems to be working a lot better. Well, once you become an, like an, a kind of elder academic, and <laughs> in the, in the next decade plus in the future. You can kind of get the the tweed jacket with the patches on your your elbows and yeah. Yeah, there's time for that right yeah. now. You know, uh-huh. year of the t-shirt. Yeah. Right yeah. Now, so I've been teaching especially the introductory law courses, the ones where students first learn about like what is law. I really like that course now. It used to be very different. It used to be very much like we have a thousand people in this course. We've got to cut it down to two hundred. <laughs> yeah. Um, Look to your left, look to your right, both of these <laughs> die, or something, you know? Like, 
<laughs> Apparently legitimately said. I can't remember if it was actually said to me. Um, could have just been like a group hallucination or something. But that was definitely the vibe. Um, but then a couple of years ago, this really cool Māori academic, Cowan Jones, um, revamped the course and was like, maybe we don't um, try to scare students and maybe we actually just make it a good learning experience. And yeah. that was revolutionary. Nice. Um, there's a lot more on Te Tiriti o Waitangi and also um, Tikanga Māori in the course now, whereas before it was just very much like, here is the Pākehā legal system. This yeah. is all there is to it cool um and unfortunately most of the rest of the law degree is still very much like that and so i almost feel bad like um leading students to this really cool course that looks at tikanga maori and titiriti and then being like okay sorry that's that's the end it's (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. there's a lot of stuff in the works to try and make the rest of the law degree better and less monocultural and more um like reflective of titiriti we're kind of in the the not yet kind of phase of that though so it's an interesting time to be alive yeah Yeah. because um i guess one of the questions that you probably get asked by probably not law students but like other people it's just like what is law (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like so have you figured out the nicest way that you can manage to describe it that doesn't just focus on the Western legal system. Yeah, yeah. I definitely take a very expansive view of law as being with a group of people, I I guess like a a wider like society or like community level. What are the norms? What are the values? Maybe there are some rules like that um, everyone lives by and um, like lives as if this is something I need to follow. Yeah. And so, yes, that um, does count the, the statutes and the case law and the Pākehā legal system, but also Tikanga Māori, highly successful legal system that has been operating here for many hundreds of years and is still operating very successfully um, in spite of every effort from the Pākehā yeah. legal system to try and take total control. There. Yeah. I kind of wish I was, uh, like, given that sort of definition early on in my legal study. Mm. We kind of just went straight to, like, here are the cases and here are the statutes yeah. and just memorize them or analyze them without even thinking, like, what is law in the first place? Yeah. Like, it was a given. Yeah. Um, while we had you in the room, it would be we were kind of keen to ask, because neither of us know, what's a tort? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? Is it's that... like, uh, Jimmy, it's when you, it's when you hold... Uh, the end of the rope and I hold the other end and we pull really tight. Or is it that really delicious cake? From <laughs> it's like of, a turtle, but on land. <laughs> of all of the Pākehā legal concepts, I feel like torts are like one of the most difficult because it's like, you have to be like what it's not. So it's kind of like a crime, but it's not. Um, but what is crime? Yeah, so again, according to the Parker legal system, it's anything that Parliament calls a crime, yeah. anything that is um, illegal and also called criminal, because um, sometimes, you know, you do um, things that Parliament says are bad, but they're not criminal. So some of it's just like... Like what? a speeding ticket. Yeah, that one's... I think that is criminal, but it's like... it's put in the kind of minor sort of category, traffic offences, as opposed to the big stuff like 
um, murder and embezzling lots of money, which uh, doesn't get as much screen time, you know? Yeah. Why are we, you know, all, all this white-collar crime people get away with? Crime is a social construct, and I'm not, I'm not just saying that from <laughs> the Faculty of Humanities and Social Sciences here. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah Nabila, social construct list, so you still have to meet your court date. Like, you beheaded that statue of Queen Victoria, allegedly, <laughs> and you got to face up, yeah. But that's the thing, right? Because at the end of the day, like, why is this Pākehā law privileged over the others? And it's, I've, I've come to the conclusion that it's because it's the one that the police are going to chase you up for and the army is going to enforce and the courts um, are the one enforcing it. Like, but what, like, this is not how it should be. Colonization. Like, <laughs> there's got to be a better reason to follow the law than yeah. just you're going to get punished for it yeah. in the yeah. courts. Um Torts, though, um, you get punished by, like, jail or something for crimes. With torts, you usually just, like, pay some money or something. And it's, like, it's called what's, it's like a civil wrong. Like, in society, we try and be nice people to each other. And we also try not to be terrible, terrible people to each other. And um, another thing that torts, tort is not, is contracts. A contract is when two or more people agree to carry out something and then maybe someone doesn't do that and then you sue them. Um, but torts more like the unspoken um, ones of society that, well, like the courts have still decided on just being like, well, in society, probably we don't um, trespass on people's land, land colonization. It's another complex one. Yeah. Or we probably don't threaten people which also can be a crime, but if it's, like, less bad, then it's just a tort. And, of course, my favourite kind of law is J-Law, Jennifer Lawrence. (laughs) Um, Most famous for the uh, quadrilogy of films called The Hunger Games. And the hungriest game of all is the game that we play three times a day when we eat a meal. (laughs) Etienne, what's your meal for today? Well, today I, um, I had a really lovely um, miso noodle soup cooked for me by Navila, and it had a really, really nice egg in it. So <laughs> I'm very satisfied. Aww. You mentioned how um, sort of putting together a noodle soup is a little bit like being in your classroom. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more about uh, the this meal that sort of reflects a lot of your um, values and principles when you educate others and as well as when you learn about things. Yes, yeah. I'll start with when I learn about things. So Mm. I am also studying a PhD on tangata tiriti and constitutional transformation and other cool stuff. Um, And my, like, learning process, I think, is a bit like the creative process. You can't force it. It's... I don't know, just a bit more intuition-based. Just kind of surround yourself with the right things, the right ingredients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Add them to the pot. When uh-huh. I'm cooking a, um, a noodle soup, miso, or um, sometimes also like Southeast Asian flavors. Yeah, for me, it's, it's just a really um, comforting thing. I put on the, um, the boiling water um, and then put in the spices, put in the vegetables, maybe some tofu. Um, and then let that sit for a while. And then just like constantly like tasting it mm-hmm. little bits and then just seeing oh it needs a bit more this oh it needs a bit more that ah crap i put far too much of that and how do yeah. i save it now <laughs> and that's quite fun as well yeah and the noodles at the end and every time it's different 
Um, I, I don't think it's something you can force. Yeah. And one of my friends um, asked me to write down like a recipe for how, how I did it. And I was like, well, how about a flow chart? <laughs> <laughs> Can't do a, a straight recipe for this one. Um, and so when it comes to um, the research that I'm doing for my PhD, it's like, what do I feel like doing today? Um, Maybe I've got some energy to do some reading. Maybe it's time to do some writing. And um, I'm a big believer in the whole just like writing some crap and seeing what happens. And then after that, you figure out what you then yes. need to do next. Yeah. Um, that tells you so much. But it's also so confronting mm. and sometimes can be very difficult as well. Yeah. But yeah. just throwing it all in there and improvising. Teaching. Um, to me, it's a bit like that as well. Um, like you might have your set content that you're meant to cover. And as a tutor, I'm meant to cover the same content as all the other tutors. Um, there are like maybe 10 tutors in the paper that I'm doing because it's a course of a thousand people. Yeah. And so <laughs> kind of like each time at the end of the lesson, I'm like, okay, did we actually cover everything we needed to? Okay, phew. Um, but, um, you know, being led by the students, um, having lots of discussion, also, just like adding your own little spicy bits in there as well. Maybe um, the other course that I'm teaching is um, a skills-based course on how to um, do legal research and legal writing and legal thinking. And basically that means how to think like a Pakia lawyer, mm. um, which is, you know, I feel a bit guilty about mm. that. And um, that's, that's on my conscience as I teach that one. So mm. I like prefaced that one, um, that course, um, by telling the students that, um, yeah. and that I hope that goes some way to it just to like, you know, it doesn't save the course. It doesn't make it something it isn't, yeah. but hopefully it does keep students' minds open to the idea that there could be more to this than that. Law school can be very tunnel vision. Um, they're very focused on, yeah, what are the Pakia cases say? What are the Pakia statutes say? And then you get some cool electives at the end where you might learn something different. There's an elective on tititi, there's an elective on tikanga Māori. Um, there are different, uh, there, there's um, one called criminal justice pro process, um, where I feel like it's a criminology paper in disguise, and I also feel like it's desperately needed. Mm. Um, just different ways of thinking that aren't the same. Read the case, what did the judge say? How do we apply this to a fact scenario? Otherwise, we're just kind of like little robots and a little machine sort of yeah. thing. And, you know, we know a number of people here hate robots. So. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, <laughs> so the process you've described, why miso noodle soup specifically? What is it about this dish specifically? Because the process you've described of, of kind of adding things together and tasting things um, could be a, a number of different dishes, but we know that you have a particular connection to this this dish and um why, why is that um so this one is one that i started making a couple of years ago i moved from like big student flats into an apartment just cooking for myself mm. um and then um i got a boyfriend and he moved in mm. as well and so just cooking for for me and him and there was one year where i got sick quite a bit and was like what is something healthy i can make 
and then I like remembered like a lifetime of like two minute noodles, but it was like, what, what could I do to take this to the next step (laughs) and make it healthy? Just like pour like heaps of ginger and turmeric and all all the healthy stuff. And so it's become quite like a, a comfort dish for me, whether it's, um, miso soup or, um, whether it's more of a, I've got some like laksa powder from Asian supermarket, Mm. um, made it a bit too strong last time and (laughs) we were like struggling to get through it um but also yeah and making it it, I feel like it helps me connect with my Asian roots and um just yeah in a a very Pakia city in a very Pakia law school you got to do those things um to just protect your identity and protect your spirit and Mm. just be like okay like after that um really hard meeting or or something I can go to um my stove and make my Asian noodles and just like feel like everything makes sense for a second Mm. actually yeah um Nabila I wonder if you remember once we were on this online hui um which we were just in like quite a Pakia zoom room for it and I'm not gonna name names but it sounds like no (laughs) (laughs) it was it was a lot of effort for us both to stay in the room and it was it was it was worthwhile and um I spoke up and said a few things that I'm quite glad that I did yeah but after that you know just kind of like your head's spinning and what what do you do to center yourself after that and you know in our culture, one of those things that we use to center ourselves is food. And mm. so just being able to go to the stove and make some noodles just, yeah, saved the day. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I like myself some curry letup myself. So it's, mm. I don't, no, not curry, not curry letup. They don't have that brand here. It doesn't matter. This is not about me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it is about me. <laughs> <laughs> That's clever. Um, <laughs> to our, to our uh, uh, international listeners, me means noodles. Uh, <laughs> soup is like a wonderful, like grounding kind of food that really kind of, you know, people drink soup because they're sick and it's really, a lot of people associate it with home. Mm. As a public servant for me, I have a, a much more complicated relationship with soup because... Um, <laughs> Uh, if you're if you're you know walking to work in your 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 Barker suit and your your <laughs> Ooh, sneakers yeah. and you've got to carry some soup to work, then you're you're playing a you're playing a high risk game, high risk <laughs> high reward because as we know, soup yeah. Is, yeah. soup is excellent. Ooh, that could go that could go wrong, and yeah. um, we've all had uh, situations where uh, where where soup has has spilled all over our stuff, and I, I guess as an expert, how do you recommend transporting miso soup? <laughs> Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, sometimes when I cook it, I just cook enough to eat on the day. Mm. I know some people are really against, like, leaving the noodles in. Like, some people are very much, like, needs to be fresh, needs to be still a bit crunchy or something. I'm not that sort of person. I'm very happy for it to get soggy and stuff. So the next time when you take it, it's actually just noodles, but with the soup inside. So no chance of spilling. I feel, yeah. I think my favorite kind of soup is kind of the the hot and sour Chinese soup with oh. um, sweet potato noodles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the kind that's of really good. Elasticy ones like that used to do it. Um, yeah. Taste of Home, um, mm, and true. those sweet potato noodles are like very absorbent. So they like the next day. It's like you said, yeah. noodles with soup rather than soup with noodles. Yeah, that's the trick. I mean, the other thing is don't trust containers. Eh, even yeah. if they say they're no spill, they're not. Yeah. 
Um, so we'll just take a break for a, a sponsor, uh, Sistema. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> After I just blaspheme. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually fuck Sistema. Fuck Sistema. Yeah. Fuck plastic. Yeah. <laughs> Sistema, I'm sending you an invoice of my dry cleaning bills. Yeah, oh. we need systemic change. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of soup, Nabila? Is this not kind of, it's kind of like a gravy type of thing, but I, as you guys were talking about things spilling and um, I keep thinking about Mirabos and how mm. um, that probably spilled in your bag <laughs> at oh. least once because I make it a lot. Yeah, Mirabos is good. soap for our international listeners, uh, that's uh, me soap for you. Means, uh, no, no, uh, that means no, noodle, noodle soup. soup yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, Who's been doing Duolingo? <laughs> You're so good. <laughs> the owl will not catch Okay, sekarang kita boleh buat dalam bahasa Melayu. No? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's next module. <laughs> Now the whole podcast will be <laughs> in Malay now. Um, yes. Yeah, that's probably my favorite two noodle soup dishes. You know, soup soup's one of those things that's like Bigfoot's, that every culture has one. Or dumplings. Uh, yeah, I mean, dumplings, you have to, in the broad sense, like, yeah, you have yeah, to extend, you have to extend, extend it. To, it. to be, feature like Cornish pasties and it's stuff like to be, yeah. <laughs> the dumpling extended universe. I would love to throw that robot dog into the sea. The one that is in Singapore, I would love to throw that robot dog in the sea. But also speaking of robots. Yeah, what if the robots, <laughs> rather than in the sea, were in a castle in the sky? Fuck! Whoa, whoa. <laughs> so, Hayao Miyazaki is like one of my favorite directors uh, of all time. I love most of his films. What film have you bought for us today, Etienne? So it's, oh, what is it in Japanese? Tinku no Shiro Laputa or something like that. Mm. Um, I also, I speak Japanese. It's the first Asian language that I learned. Oh, wow. um, so I sp- feel, yeah. Um, and, and we watched this in class, I think, back when I was in like year 10. So I feel nice. strong affinity to this film. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, this film is very interesting for a number of reasons, but um, it, it, if we wanted to go down a rabbit hole, the, the, su- the subs versus dubs discussion for this movie in particular is interesting because uh, uh, Kiwi, beautiful Kiwi girl uh, and a pair is, oh, yeah. is in the dub. They yeah. pulled out the stops for the dub. Yeah. So <laughs> not going to listen to it, but no. go we were watching something earlier that said um, Anna Paquin was um, widely regarded as the worst voice actor in all the um, dubs of Miyazaki oh, films. Snap. Yeah, but specifically they said it because she was slipping in and out of her accent. But it's just the way we talk here. <laughs> That's just how we talk. <laughs> anyway, can you tell us a little bit more about the film? Like, if you can give like an overview of the plot for our audiences who have never seen it. Okay. Okay. Um. Pazu is a a young preteen coal miner, um, yeah. living in a like kind of Welsh coal mining inspired, uh, but it's in whatever Miyazaki verse it's in village, um, and then um, one day um, a a girl his age falls out of the sky, uh, but like quite slowly. Um, yeah, you don't want to go too fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, luckily she's falling slow enough. For her. 
him to catch her. Um, yeah, otherwise it'd be a very different movie. <laughs> but um, unluckily for them, uh, they are then like chased by the military and the Secret Service and pirates, sky pirates, um, because it's like a, a steampunk, diesel punk. I learned that term today. Film. Fuck, yeah. Yeah, lots of like airships and like flying and, and stuff, uh, which is cool. Um, and um, they end up capturing um, the girl, Sheeta, um, and it turns out this is because she is the long lost princess from Laputa Castle in the Sky. <gasps> Wow. Shit. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. No. Her real name is Lushita. Oh. Something, something Laputa. So, mm. like, mm, yeah. A lot going on there. <laughs> um, and then there's kind of like a... Um, there's a bit where Pazu, with the yeah. help of the pirates... The pirates are good now. Fast-moving film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> rescues Shita from the CIA or the, the Secret Service... Um, and also the military, um, uh, but also it's really sad because like she's got this um, magical jewel necklace, um, which uh, is why she fell slowly through the sky because got magic powers. Uh, but um, at the military base, it reactivates this robot again. Sorry if you hate robots. Um, these but... ones, these ones are pretty pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, these ones are nice until you anger them and then they shoot you with lasers. Um, yeah. But they're, they're on Sheeta's side. Yeah. Uh, and this one, like, defends her. Um, and But then the military shoot it down. And it's actually quite sad. Um, yeah, I never thought I would cry um, at a robot's death. But, oh. you know, impressionable year 10 me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and But then the, the jewel points the way to Laputa, the castle in the sky, which actually... Um, Pazu has been um, looking for um, because his father was uh, an adventurer explorer who said that he found it while going up in his plane one day, but no one ever believed him. Um, so Pazu wants to find it. Um, the military and the Secret Service want to find it because maybe it's got treasure or maybe it's got like military power to it or something. Laputa was this like empire that reigned from the sky from their terrifying future tech castle. Uh, and so now everyone's trying to find Laputa and um, Pazu and Shita are with the pirates trying to find it. And um, so are the military and the secret service. Um, and um, then they have to go through um, like, what is it? Like the dragon's lair or something, which yeah. is just like a, a really nasty cloud formation with lots of thunderstorms. No it's, actual dragons. It's very, um, yeah, cloud. Le- Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Um, oh, very much yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and then they, they're both, they, they all separately get there. The, the military and the SES, the pirates and the good people. Um, and then it is revealed um, once they all get there, um, the, um, the SES guy reveals that he is also a descendant of the true king of Laputa and he's um, actually in it to um, get all the power for himself and become king of the um, floating castle empire. Um, And then um, Pazu and Shita have to um, like sort of fight him Mm -hmm. um, to get like 
control back and they end up like in um, an amazing sequence they're just like we've got to we've got to blow it up we've got to get rid of this futuristic weapon in the sky before anyone uses it to hurt anyone and so they recite the magical spell of destruction um, and it gets destroyed and then they go on to live happily ever after oh. preteen lives somewhere or something oh my god so you're saying all this happens in your tutorial <laughs> <laughs> In a single. Yeah, yeah. An entire two hour film happens in my one hour tutorials every time. <laughs> just every time I watch it, I think, man, isn't teaching just 100% like that? Isn't research just like 100% like that? As uh, you, dear listener, have, have probably grasped, it's like a very plotty mm. film. Um, which is interesting because my favorite Miyazaki film, My Neighbor Totoro, which I think he only made two years later, is like completely non-plotty it's like the opposite it's just vibes maybe it ran out of plot <laughs> yeah, yeah use it on Love yeah. With imagine Totoro and the castle in the sky yes <laughs> it's such an iconic film because like first um, proper Studio Ghibli film the robots themselves like I'll make an exception for my prejudices for <laughs> these guys because they're really iconic they kind of inspired like the the Iron Giant in mm. the subsequent decade and um, if you go to the Studio Ghibli theme park in Tokyo there um, there's like a bunch of robots these robots in the garden oh, have you been? no you must go <laughs> have you been? no <laughs> you must go <laughs> have, you, have been? you been? no <laughs> she must go, go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's also like a very thematically rich film like as Etienne mentioned it kind of starts off in, in these Welsh inspired coal mines and I think um, Miyazaki actually visited like Thatcherite England, it's like this grumpy old school Japanese leftist, like kind of showing solidarity with a big um, labour struggle happening at the time. And then it kind of moves from there through like his love of flying machines and, you know, nature versus technology. Mm. And like Laputa is like high tech, but because it's kind of grown into disuse, it's like overgrown with, with nature. And, you know, the robots are like really peaceful when they tend to the gardens but they're also killing machines it's just uh, yeah it's, it's like, there's, there's so much going on there i love it so much he's tried yeah. it all in there just yeah. like the noodle soup <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Is, it is just like the noodle soup yeah <laughs> so i see that you relate to this film which is in part about class oppression as a tutor <laughs> yeah tutors need to get paid more <laughs> that, that, that's my one link to it <laughs> I'm not going to say where the mine is for today, but... <laughs> you know, after a hard day's work, toiling away in the epistemological mines. Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah, trying to kind of dig up meaning. And the then... government and the army on my back all yeah. day. Yeah. It's yeah. true if you work for Pulse. Yeah. <laughs> As a scholar, are you more Pazu or Sheeta? Are you more Anna Paquin or James Van Der Beek? Or are you both... Wow, what a question. I reckon it'd be a a bit rich to be like, I'm Sheeta, you know, the the destined, like, you know, descendant of the magical royalty, going to reclaim my kingdom but then destroy it sort of thing. I I feel like a a lot of us probably are are more like the puzzle sort of thing. Like we've, I mean, in doing this PhD topic, sometimes it feels a bit like Laputa, right? Like 
you know, someone claims to have seen it. It must be out there, but actually, I'm I'm still working every day in the academic coal mines. Am I ever going to see the fruition of what I'm hoping to do? Just waiting for someone to fall out yeah. of the sky and leave yeah. me right there. Yeah. Yeah. As as someone who's um living um with a, a a PhD student, from like the outside looking in, it seems like the process is like sometimes you feel like Pazu, sometimes you feel like Sheeta, sometimes you feel like you're you're twirling away in the mines and then sometimes you kind of have like a have a, a, a wonderful uh revelation coming down from from above yeah it's not it's never really that it's it's an adventure and that's what the film is and that's what doing a doing a a research project is you never know like you start out one way and then you kind of just end up being in a um, was it in the sky, the castle? Yeah, yeah, oh, the castle. Yeah, the castle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah, okay, yeah. Sometimes you end up being in the sky. Yeah. I mean, yeah. something I relate to with the, the learning journey and Laputa, like, Pazu goes through all this. He's always wanted to see Laputa. He's wanted to prove his father right that, mm. yes, this thing does exist. And then he, like, he kind of has to sacrifice that dream. Like, he ends up making it and, um, like seeing Laputa and yeah. like wow it's real and stuff and then he kind of just has to destroy it you know like yeah. that's what you do with thesis yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry castles, <laughs> castles in the sky yeah it's like the creative <laughs> process right yeah, yeah. You, it's like when our friend finished their master's project and they burnt their thesis oh my yeah that's good that's yeah. good that's what you gotta do with or how the you know the labor government throws uh policies on the the policy bonfire <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but not just in terms of yeah like the um the work that you do but also sometimes it's like parts of your identity or like mm. the learning process can be really painful yeah you come to like really uncomfortable truths like yeah surprise living on colonized land mm. um yeah I mean, she yeah. finds out that she's like a chosen one from like a mythical culture, and then she realizes that that culture had like the power to do like like mass destruction, and realizes mm. that she had to kind of blow up that kind of thing. Mm. Mm. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else about the film that resonated with you? Oh. Definitely the bit about them being in the sky. This, <laughs> but but the bit with all the clouds and yeah. um, the sky, yep, yep, yep. like and it's it's really stormy and they're like um, you, we have to go through here to get to Laputa mm-hmm. and like it ends up with Pazu and Shita in like a little glider like very tenuously attached to the pirate airship and just like looking around for any traces. Um, that's kind of what it's feeling like for me at the moment, yeah. the whole research thing. And also, I, I think my students very much um, can empathize with that yeah. as well. Like, learning something, like, people often don't come to um, university with knowledge of law. I mean, I hear that some high schools offer it as a subject. Like, wow, that, oh, that might have been useful. And it might also be different for... Um, Māori kids growing yeah. up at their marae, learning yeah. about tikanga and yeah. them being very like strong in that. Um, but for me, definitely, mm-hmm. my mum was a lawyer and I still didn't know like what the hell that was, what's yeah. going on there. And just like piecing together um, an understanding, I kind of like 
um, doing it as a PhD student because you're a bit more in charge of that and you have more of an idea of, of what's out there by the end because you've done a few years mm -hmm. in tertiary education. But when you're a student, you're really trusting your teachers to um, be like leading you down a road that is actually good. And I'm just not sure to what extent that happened for some of my law undergrad stuff, you know? Like, we got there in the end, but it was a journey of, um, like, breaking out of what was being taught. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rather than, like, immediately getting to, um, like, the place that I am now. And yeah. a lot of people are still in, like, just that insular, what they learn at law school, and it's probably doing them really great in a law firm. I just <sighs> decided quite early on that probably wasn't mm. where I was going to go. And so yeah. I was really lucky to um, take a few courses from some Māori lecturers especially and some Asian lecturers as well mm. that were just different and yeah. just like opened the world up. And then suddenly mm. I was out of the um, the clouds and like finally seeing the sky. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's a poet. It's a poet coming out. Um, um, but yeah, what you really want is like... A, a mentor or a supervisor or someone that you look up to who's kind of kind of like the 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 pirates like the challenges yes. you at first makes you really uncomfortable but then it turns out to be at the end like an ally and someone who helps you improve as a person even if they're mainly just there for the money or oh, that was the pirates like. yeah <laughs> yeah and they're occasionally hitting on 13 year old girls yeah only no but only in the dub and the oh, yeah in the japanese version it's it's much less creepy yeah mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that I can be that sort of person for my students mm -hmm. and just providing the little extras and also just being an actual person and not mm -hmm. just, you know, a holder of knowledge that is beaming it into their brains and then yeah. retreats into my office and is not an actual person. Yeah, yeah. Robot. Oh, yeah. Robot. It's yeah. true. It's all about robots. Yeah. There were no robots. They were just little lectures all along. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a movie that would be. <laughs> Law School in the Sky. Yeah. <laughs> Law lecturers uh, cross the line and have to be put on gardening leave. They get put up on the the big the giant garden in the sky where they can tend to tend to the the, the castle in the sky's gardens uh, until they're reactivated. What's gardening leave? If you're like a high profile person who does something really bad and you can't be in the organisation anymore. But because you have law oh, you lawyers get, behind yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you can't yeah, be fired on the spot. Yeah. So you get put on, on gardening leave. Understand. If you're, yeah. understand. I thought, it was a, I, thought, I thought it was a thing you guys get here. <laughs> Some leave yeah, days oh, like to garden. Yeah. It's just like, wow, that's really nice. Yeah, <laughs> in my next collective agreement, leave. I'm pushing for four weeks gardening <laughs> leave. Oh, public service is so good. <laughs> So good. Like, you may not be able to criticize the National Party, but at least <laughs> you get gardening leave. Anything else you want to talk about in terms of your journey as a scholar, miso noodle soup, laputa, <laughs> robots, Hayao Miyazaki? Oh, just that I think my ideal day would be, like doing some good readings and like having a breakthrough in my writing and then like settling down to a nice bowl of miso soup mm. watching La Puta. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that sounds lovely. It does sound lovely, yeah. yeah. You've had a few things come out recently. Do you want to give a little plug for yourself? Oh, oh. Um, well, And we I... can also link things. 